suffer the uh, fate of many other Zero Hour titles, Josh. And it's about as wrong as ketchup on chocolate ice cream. Fate is here to stay, and I hope you are too. That's from the letter column of an issue of Fate, about six months before the end of the series. <laughs> Welcome to Comic Fact, everybody. My name is Chris Sims. With me as always is Matt Wilson. This is the show where we catch up on comics that we missed. We catch up on ice cream. Comics catch up on ice cream. <laughs> and much like that person who was so concerned that that fate, that Jared Stevens, the man called fate, his adventures might be coming to a close. You might have be, been concerned that Matt and I weren't going to finish reading fate, the book about Jared Stevens, the man called fate. But baby, we're here. We've done it. Boss Dog, this one's for you. We're we're catching up on uh, issues eleven through twenty-two of Fate, starring Jared Stevens. Now, you might be interested to know that this is not the end of DC Comics stories about Jared Stevens. Issue twenty-two of Fate ends with a tease for the upcoming Book of Fate series that would follow this. That was written by Keith Giffen, the late Keith Keith Giffen. Late and great. But uh, we are not talking about that series from 1997. Instead, we are talking about the last half of the Fate series this entire 12 issues of fate written by Lynn Kaminsky alone. As you might recall from our previous episode about fate, this series has had a number of different teams. Well, all the art has been by Anthony Williams consistently. The only member of the creative team who consistently was there. Um, But the first arc or so was written by John Francis Moore. Then it became a book by Stephen Grant and Lynn Kaminsky. Mm -hmm. And then this second half is just Lynn Kaminsky alone. Uh, You brought up the boss dog, Patrick O'Duffy, Chris. I sure did. And Patrick said that this second half was better than the first. We're going to see how that plays out here as we talk should, about. Should we should we just make our, our judgment calls on that known at this moment? Okay, let me know. You tell me. I think it is better. I d- still don't think it's good. But I do think it's I- better. I think it's more consistent and focused. 
I will give it that. Here's my number one problem with the book, kind of as a whole, but especially the second half. Mm-hmm. I don't like Jared Stevens. He is hard to like. Like, that is a specific thing that I have noted about this book. I took a ton of uh, screenshots of panels uh, uh-huh. so that we could talk about this, and many of them are just Jared Stevens being a dickhead. Some of the, I took some screenshots of panels where it was just Jared Stevens talking shit about pro wrestling. I also took I also took a screenshot of that because I couldn't believe I fucking over here exposing the business. He does it twice. He does it twice. What is your problem, dude? Yeah, that's that's the other thing that we're nerdy about. Yeah. Cram it, Buster. Like, here's the thing. Jared Stevens in this in in this half of the series, more so than the first half, I feel like, strikes me as a middle-aged man's idea of a cool guy. Because a middle-aged man in the 90s, specifically. Because how many times is he going to bring up being kind of bitter at his ex-wife? He there's there's so many ex-wife jokes in there's, this. It's like I feel like Jared Stevens is supposed to be like a young, new, exciting Doctor Fate. Yet he's making tons of jokes at the expense of his ex-wife. Which makes him seem like he's in his 40s, right? <laughs> I mean, it makes him seem like he not not just in his 40s, but like an old kind of in your 40s. From back before we were in our 40s and it was still very young. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like a Rodney Dangerfield in his 40s. Yeah, it's, it's very kind of like Catskills comedian. He's not just a like an old man's idea of a cool guy. He's also the idea of like a very specific kind of cool guy of that era who I don't even think like was kind of on his way out by the time this book was over. I think like, like if you were back in time and casting the Jared Stevens animated series and you didn't get Dennis Leary, you fucked up. It is a very Dennis Leary sort of attitude where he's like, great, junk mail. I got all my ex-wife's junk mail from L.A. Because she stayed there to be an actress. And it's like, man, you just sound bitter. Yeah. And he, he and he talks shit about pro wrestling, and there's at least one no homo joke in this. I am really looking forward to talking about that because that I think is the most dated and also just fucking weirdest part of this entire comic book. Like yeah, everything like, about that entire sequence of events is bonkers. 
All right. Well, let's let's get into it then. Fate number eleven. We're just gonna I, very quickly. I feel like go issue by issue through this. Fate number eleven is a lot of recap. It's a lot of like, hey, if you missed the first ten issues of the series, here's what happened. I got a bunch of bandages on my arm, and when a dude tried to crush it with the helmet of fate inside or the amulet of fate inside. And so now I'm Dr. Fate, even though I don't want to be. And guess who showed up? It's, uh, it's Sentinel. Who is the original green lantern at this point in, uh, yeah, buddy, that Marvel thing of having Spider-Man show up, like to help the new series get over a little bit. That is that's, I mean, that's, you know, a very understandable thing for them to do, but it does make it a little bit depressing when the equivalent of that across the street is the golden age green lantern in his cool young guy identity showing up. Yeah. Alan, Alan Scott, who is, Revealed through this that like he doesn't age, but his wife still does. Yeah, uh, but don't worry, which, he's still, I mean, she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's some cool art in this issue. The stuff where Sentinel and Fate are fighting is cool. There's also a reveal of Fate's new costume. Yes, he's already got a new costume, which is just all an all black leotard that he then puts a coat over. Yeah, but that's that's and, all you needed. In, in, what was this, 1996? That's all you needed, baby. Yeah, that's all you needed in 1996. Um, and then at the end, Jared Stevens sees a billboard for a radio station called Tower of Power, and he remembers that there's a there's a tower uh, that he left behind uh <laughs> <laughs> when he got turned into Dr. Fate. So he has to go back and, and go back to it. So, I hate to, I hate to say this because I don't think it was like good, good, but I think you're underselling what is like kind of my favorite part of this entire like second half of the book. Cause I thought the bit with the recurring tower imagery and like the world trying to remind Jared Stevens of the existence of the tower of fate was actually pretty clever and pretty well done. Cause it's, it's uh, his buddy's tarot card program shows the tower. And then when he gets all of the uh, junk mail, it's for like tower records and the leaning tower of pizza or pizza, I guess. Cause it's a pizza place. Uh, And like, there's a, a couple of of tower things in there. Like, it keeps coming back up until it's literally the universe showing him a fucking billboard that he's standing in front of, and Jared Stevens going, "Ah, shit, I'm an idiot," which is like, yeah, yeah, legit. Like, that's that's actually like a pretty good gag, and I think it's it pulled is. off really well. You're right. That that is actually like some pretty pretty good seeding a thing and then paying it off. 
Um, so then in issue 12, Fate and Sentinel go to the place where the tower was, which I think was... Well, first they go to Salem, Massachusetts. That's where Dr. Fate lives. Yeah, although I think... Okay, so that's where the F- Tower of Fate is. But there's also like all these references back to when he became Dr. Fate, which I th- thought I remember happening in, happening in South America. But nonetheless. Um, so they go to where the Tower of Fate is. Also, at the same time... Ashram and uh, Diabolic, who then turn into like their demon forms, fight over the Tower of Fate and how they want it. This is all happening without Fate or Sentinel knowing about it. Then some dudes show up and say that they're like government agents, but they're not. They're mummies who are working for Pharaoh, who is like a sort of pseudo villain throughout this half of the book uh-huh um and i'll be honest a lot of the action from this point on is a- absolute nonsense to me <laughs> it's so incomprehensible <laughs> yeah because like this is number 11 and it's it's number like 12 said, it's number 12 it's number 12 number 12 and there's so much like recap and set up in these issues that feels so weird for a book that's been around for a year. Like it's, it's very odd for a, a book to like have the, the whole thing where the two, the main character and his buddy are standing around talking about, you know, well, you told me to help you figure out what your powers were like this far into a book that's from the kind of pre-decompression trend. Yeah. And it's, and then this issue, it's like, it's like, Oh shit, I forgot. We have a ton of stuff to do. And so it like keeps throwing things of like people turning out to be different people than they originally look like. And, and like the, the mummies that show up and claim to be part of para, which is the paranormal anomaly response agency, which is a bad acronym as a, as an expert in comic book acronyms. That's a bad one. (laughs) That one never got over for good reason. Uh, I mean, the big thing here, the big thing here is that blaze is pulling all the strings here to create enough chaos so that underworld unleashed can, can happen. Yeah, y'all remember Blaze, right? Yeah, y'all remember Blaze. Y'all remember She's Blaze. a demon lady. Y'all remember Blaze and Satanus? From Superman? Basically, we're just building to Underworld Unleashed, which is happening in the next issue. Yeah, it is. It sure is happening. Yes. And the next issue is to... to my recollection just kind of more like chaos happening uh like all these different denizens of the underworld fighting each other the main thing we find out from that issue from issue 13 
is that Jared Stevens' arm, when it becomes unbandaged, because at one point the mummies take off the bandages from his arm, uh, it just starts going crazy all over the place. Like it, it starts like growing tendrils and stuff, and and becomes like not quite an Akira arm, but sort of kind of like that. Uh, Matt, I'll tell you what it's sort of kind of like if you'd like me to. Sure. Dog, it's Venom. And I don't know that Lynn Kaminsky and the editors of this book had a conversation that was like, man, I don't understand why this book's not getting over. He's got knives like like Wolverine. He's got a face tattoo. He's part Venom. What's What are we, what are we missing from this? Buddy, he is Venomed. <laughs> but just in his arm. Just on his arm. He's got one Venom arm. It reminds me of one of the status effects in Elden Ring that I don't remember the name of. I want to say it's Curse, but I don't remember if that's what happens when you're cursed or not uh, in Elden Ring. But there's there's some effect in Elden Ring where you go grow, like, basically tree branches out of your body. Um, Anyway, most notable line of the issue um, is when Pharaoh is attacking Jared Stevens and saying, die, 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 puny speck. Why won't you die? And then Jared Stevens says, beats me. I guess if my ex-wife's cooking couldn't do it, nothing can. Oh, what am I supposed to do with this guy? Yeah, bud. Is that a joke? (laughs) Also, you know what? Seems like she was very right to leave you. Yeah. Yeah, man. Anyway, uh, Alan Scott just fires a giant green beam into the tower and it shuts the gateway to the other, to the underworld, and that's it. And Blaze just has to sit there and go, like, well, it didn't work. Shoot. Ah, well. And that's. Back to the drawing board. That's that issue. Uh, issue 14. So I guess one major thing that did happen in Underworld Unleashed is that Jared Stevens, the man called Fate, uh, gets stuck in the primordial chaos. Like he gets sucked into the, the portal and uh, when Alan Scott closes it. So he spends a big chunk of the next issue just kind of like floating in primordial space. I think it's supposed to be a riff on like Ditko era, Dr. Strange. I mean, you, you say that he spends most of the next issue, but like the end of this issue is blaze going, he's going to be falling through alternate realities for eternity. And then it's like, it's, it's like, Maybe I would be shocked if it was 10 pages before he's just like in a place. That's true. He basically gets attacked by Violator from Spawn. Clown? Who's, no. Yeah. Violator parentheses clown, whose name uh-huh. in this is Devour. But then he is quickly saved by Charnel, who reappears. I do like Charnel. Yeah. Uh, Charnel of the Fire Lodge, the best thing in this comic. Agreed. 100% agreed. 
Um, Charnel, who's like, hey, this dude's got a fucked up arm, and that's going to be the return of... I want to call him Legion, but that's not his name. Uh, he was Kingdom. the villain from the first arc. Kingdom, yeah. yeah. That's going to be the return to Kingdom, so I got to get rid of you. Uh, and then, And then I feel like he sees a vision of Marvel versus DC, but they can't actually no. show the Marvel characters. No, he that's that's Underworld Unleashed. Okay, okay. That's where he says that's. I took a I took a screenshot. I only kind of took screenshots of dialogue bits in this because those were what were the most alarming things to me. That one is uh, uh, where he says it's enough to tell me there's some kind of major spandex cluster bash going on, which, despite <laughs> myself, I'm like. Major spandex cluster bash is pretty good. Uh, by the end of the issue, he he returns from being in the primordial chaos, and he's confronted by Zatanna, Sentinel, or Sentinel and Phantom Stranger. Yeah, which that got that got finished in an Underworld Unleashed comic. Whatever happened there? Uh, the oh, next issue won. starts. They, guys they beat Neron. Yeah. The next issue starts with the man called Fate, Jared Stevens, getting a biopsy on his arm. And uh, he's like a jerk to the doctor, of course. And the biopsy's like moving in the test tube. We haven't talked much about uh, his buddy, Arnold, here. Arnold, in the first half of this book, was like a conspiracy theory computer hacker kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And he still is in this, but his character, I feel like his character is totally different. The conspiracy stuff comes back, but he does seem like a very different character. And I legitimately wonder if that is because he is about to get a featured role in the hot new comic Scare Tactics. (laughs) Maybe. But like, to, as I recall, in the first ten issues of this book, Arnold was the huge jerk who was like always mean to Jared Stevens' wife and kind of misogynistic, right? Mm-hmm. Here, he's not that. He's just kind of like a schlub. And Jared Stevens now has all of the I'm a misogynistic jerk tendencies. He sure is. Like, it's it, weird trading of character traits there. Oh, also, uh, when he gets a biopsy, when Jared Stevens gets a biopsy, that word is defined in an editor's note. Which is, I took note of that as well, and that's a that's such a weird thing. Because, like, comics use you know, vocabulary words often. And it's not like, I, I wonder what the, the conversation was that was like, we gotta, we gotta, the kids aren't going to know what that means. The kids who want to read Hellblazer, but they can't. So they're going to read Jared Stevens, the man called fate because he's got a venom arm. 
which John Constantine never had. That dude ain't got that, that dude's got zero venom arms. He's never had a venom arm in many many years of comics history. John Constantine has never had a venom arm. I mean, I would. I don't. I don't know if I would say that because I I can't verify that. But <laughs> but he. I know he doesn't usually have one, and Jared Stevens got one all the time. So yeah, like it's yeah. it's weird that someone was like. You got to explain that. None of these children are going to know what that is. But like, I feel I'm trying to find where the biopsy word biopsy is defined. It might be in the next issue actually, because it defines the word biopsy and then throws some obscure piece of DC history in the, like the next line and does (laughs) not give an editor about that. Uh, I'll find it when we as we get through. Um, there's also so after the biopsy, Arnold and Jared Stevens go to a bar. We find out that they're being tailed be, by these like secret agent guys that work for an organization called Cantrip, uh, which is pretty funny, but which also absolutely never pays off. No, that I mean maybe that comes up in the Book of Fate, but it is not mentioned any further in this comic book i mean it happens in a few more issues there's this whole thing with cantrip like investigating jared stevens but like it is a plot thread that is completely dropped because the book gets canceled yeah so in case you were hoping for something to happen with cantrip it doesn't it really makes me wonder if Para, because I was I was trying to figure out reading this is Para a real organization or just some weird thing the mummies are saying? Because I could yeah not I don't have an answer. That. Yeah, I don't have an answer for you. Uh, at the bar, Jared Stevens keeps flirting with a waitress whose name is Chris with a Y K R Y S, and she is waiting tables and look i'm not here to shame anybody i just (laughs) want to describe what she's wearing daisy dukes with a belt Uh uh-huh like john cena like john cena i think two watches on one arm and like one of those like big chunky bracelets with the like the pyramid studs on it uh, on the other arm, just like a small bracelet, uh, t- chains on a choker, one with a cross on the end and one with like a locket with an actual lock on it, and then just a bra. Fully just a bra. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, not even like, just like a really functional bra. Not a sports bra, not just like a functional bra. This is like... Victoria's Secret sexy black bra. Also, um you you say choker. That's charitable. <laughs> but that is a collar. Through and that's through. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> She's shaped weirdly. And by that I mean like she's wearing a bra and Daisy Dukes, and her most striking physical feature is her shoulders. 
which are like she is wearing shoulder pad, like like football pads under her skin. Like she had them surgically implanted. She's there. She's, they're, got, she's got strong shoulders. Big shoulders. Yeah. And Docs. Don't forget she's also doing Doc Martens. Oh, that's right. That's my favorite part of the, the look, the boots. She and Jared Stevens, like, I would say that they flirt, but it is beyond that. They might as well just be like, hey, do you want to fuck later? Because that's what it feels like. And Jared Stevens is, like, ogling her. Like, at one point he says, sigh, daddy, buy me that. Is that a thing a cool guy would say? I don't know. I about mean, like really it is, Matt. I don't know what you're having trouble with. But like, obviously, that's... Jared Stevens said it. Yeah, he he goes straight from that to talking about his parents, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Like, his strict and emotionless dad and his... Uh, like highly emotional mother, uh, who left the family at some point, and so he got left with his dad, and then he had to go. Like he decided at some point to go live with his mom, and I understand the the need to like give characters a backstory, but. I super duper do not care about this stuff about Jared Stevens' parents. Anyway, eventually he gets into a bar fight and those dudes from Cantrip are watching him. And also Charnel has shown up in town and at the end of the issue she's like, where's fate? We've mentioned before that I, I know when we did the first half of this book we talked about Charnel and how her design is both legitimately really cool and also very unfortunate. Because mm-hmm. she's like, like her skin is black. So everything's in like silhouette with like eyes and mouth. And her costume is white. So it's this really cool, like high contrast thing. She looks cool because you you know it's like i mean it's like a, a a cool frank miller drawing right where you only see like the silhouette of the of the person doing the action stuff uh but like with a cool costume and I actually think like she's kind of a fun character she's very much like 90s big barda right like yeah when you say your skin is black let me be very clear not like capital B black like the K in CMYK black yes Yes. like the color black the color black yeah yeah which is like it's cool like unfortunately like the fact that you can unfortunately it does like evoke a racial caricature of capital uh-huh. B black people in a lot of ways that I think is very unfortunate because I think it's a cool design that they're clearly trying to 
like the art in this book, Williams is clearly trying to to not do that. Like Anthony Williams is doing his level best to not have her look like an offensive racial caricature. Yeah. And does not always succeed. And that's a shame because I do think it is like in theory it is a cool design in practice. The reverse the colors. You know, make make her body all white and her costume all black. Because that way you won't run into what you unfortunately run into with this with this design. Yeah, yeah. Uh, issue 16. Before, uh, well, I, okay, so at the end of the last issue, uh, Arnold and Jared Stevens were walking back into Jared's apartment and they both got knocked out. And we see Arnold has been awakened by Charnel, who's like, where is Stevens? And what we discover in issue 16 is that Jared Stevens has been kidnapped by agents of the cocaine dealer, the cocaine kingpin that he was working for back in issue zero. And what we'll discover is that the cocaine baron Ricky Contreras is someone he saved from getting beaten up in a bathroom years ago. <laughs> and then they both went to Harvard. Yeah. Cause you know, Jer- Jared Stevens, the, the more you learn about Jared Stevens, the easier he is to hate. He's rich. He grew he up to Harvard rich. law. Yeah. He went to Harvard law. He got into Harvard Law to piss off his dad, or to piss off his mom. Like, he spitefully got into Harvard Law. Which is, like, the like this is like Earth 3 Legally Blonde. <laughs> Someone has betrayed Ricky Contreras, and... He says, like, I think it's you, Jared Stevens. And Jared Stevens says, no, it's a different guy. It was this other guy. And Ricky immediately believes him. So Ricky gives Jared, like, a room to stay in in his giant house. And that's when he sees Lucha Libre on TV. And he's like, wrestling, give me a break. And it's like, come on, Jared. Have some fun. Yeah. Watch, he's watching uh watching Witcher Libre. Because he's down in South America, I guess. Yeah. Which I I don't know I don't know enough about Lucha Libre to know if it is actually like popular in various Spanish speaking countries and not just Mexico. I mean I know it's popular in Puerto Rico, but yeah. That's its own thing. I it's don't know own, if it's popular that's in South thing. America. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this is a broadcast from Mexico. Um, I do just want to point out that one of the wrestlers is named... First of all, these wrestlers, these masks are, are impractical. They do, not, they do not look like real lucha masks. Uh, but one no. guy is named El Dragon Verde. And so obviously, what color does he wear? That's right, yellow. 
love to get my my uh, my tacos verde covered in corn and banana. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect sense. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Charnel is hassling Arnold to tell her where Jared Stevens is, and then the phone rings. And it's the doctor, and he's like, hey, fuck HIPAA. I'm going to tell you that this these autopsy resor- results were weird. So can you tell Jared about that? And, uh, and Arnold's like, yeah, okay. So uh, then Jared goes to dinner at Ricky's house. And he, they put like a yellow shirt on him, and he's like, "Who put me in this weird shirt? I can't believe I'm in a colorful shirt." He has impeccable fashion sense. He actually does like for a guy who doesn't like watching wrestling and and talks about how it's all just you know ordained. It's, it's all it's all rigged from the start and not a real fight because that's the thematic underpinning of the issue. And I, I do appreciate the, the lack of subtlety. Uh, you know that I do. Uh, I will give this book that. Um, he looks, he looks like Jimmy Jacobs. Like he looks like an indie wrestler, right? Like down to the onk. Like he looks yes, like, that's he, like, honestly, kind of 10 years ahead of his time to be Jimmy Jacobs. He sure hates wearing a colorful shirt, though. Oh, he hates wearing that uh, that floral shirt. Like, ugh. That's I that this book considers that a joke. Yes, yes. So at dinner, he eats a steak that's covered in mushrooms, which will be important later. Uh, when he goes back to his room, he's at- attacked by two guys in uh, interesting costumes. And he also gets a note that says, trust no one, um, DTA. If he liked wrestling, he would know that already. He would know that already. But he uh, starts having hallucinations of, like, giant Aztec pyramids. And he realizes that the mushrooms he had with dinner are hallucinogenic mushrooms. That means... Ultimately, maybe he's going to be sacrificed by these sort of Aztec-looking guys that are uh, here. Uh, Next issue, 17. Uh, He's still being menaced by these dudes. He's, like, tied up on a pyramid. He he gets, like, a whole speech from Ricky. Ricky, who, like, believes himself to be, uh, like, an Aztec god. Tezcatlipoca. Yes. And uh he's like, Jared, you gotta you gotta go. And Jared like breaks through the chains, his arm busts out, he starts fighting a bunch of guys. Eventually he like falls into a canal of blood that's just there. Well it's and all the blood all from the all the human sacrifices ever. Yes. Yes. 
and he starts to see like all the people that the blood is from because of his eye that can see visions. Uh, then Ricky turns into a jaguar. Uh huh. Because he can do that. Aware jaguar. Aware jaguar. That's right. Yeah. And uh, they fight each other on a riverbank for a while. There's some cool art in here. Like Ricky as a wear jaguar does look pretty cool. Yeah, and um, I do like I do like the like Akira effect of of his venom arm. Yeah. Like it's it it there are things in this 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 book's almost good in a very frustrating way. Uh anyway, Ricky's entire Aztec city burns to the ground very quickly. And then we see that Pharaoh has been watching Jared Stevens through this whole thing. Yeah, man. Uh, honestly, so, Jared Stevens' arch enemy is uh, UNESCO World Heritage Sites. <laughs> fate number 18, Fate versus Charnel to the death, which is inaccurate. <laughs> uh, yes, very. Uh, F- Fate uses his spatial tangents, which is a thing that came up a couple issues ago, to uh, transport back to whatever city he lives in. I forget which city he lives in. I Boston, uh, right? Is it Boston? Um, I, know, I know that in like the ad for for Book of Fate. They're like he's he'll be back in Boston. Oh yeah, it is it is Boston. He lives in Boston. The joke here is that he accidentally teleports into a ladies' room. That's a, that's the joke. Um, and that lady who is like, I mean, I mean that's that's a joke. But then the other joke is that. She goes, call the police. <laughs> Hang on, call my lawyer. Because because yeah. she's going to sue about about him showing up in the in the bathroom. Because like there are all these frivolous lawsuits in yeah. the 90s, in the 90s. Which, you know. Jared Stevens could probably get out of that one, though, because he went to law school. That's right. Uh, He gets splashed by a taxi cab in the rain. He's still having visions from the mushrooms that he ate. He's still being followed by cantrip agents. And then he finally gets back to his apartment, and Charnel is there, and Charnel is like, Behold your corruption! This arm has tainted you because it's kingdom trying to come back. And if you allow it to keep growing, then kingdom will return. I'm sorry, fate, but I have no choice. And so they fight for a while. Cause it seems like Charnel wants to kill fate, kill Jared Stevens, but haha, wouldn't you know it? All she really wants to do is cut off his arm. So yeah. she does that. She she cuts off his arm and then it starts to grow back. And he says, 
whatever my arm is now, however wild or uncontrollable, it's connected to a force of life. So it couldn't be kingdom. And then Charnel is like, yeah, I guess you got a point. Damn, you're right. You got you got me you got me on that one, dog. Yeah. Uh he also finds Arnold tied up in a closet and sees visions of him dying in a bunch of different ways. Mm-hmm. Which is another thing that I don't think comes back. No, that doesn't come back. Also, it is not actually explained what his arm actually is. No, never. Like, it is implied that when he became a man called Fate, uh, that he's like, oh yeah, I'm the balance between chaos and order. Because that, that, that was a big thing in the DC Universe for a while. Uh, and that was Dr. Fate's whole deal, right? Like, Lord of Order and Lord's Chaos. And yeah, there's a whole thing in the issue. There's a whole thing in the issue about his parents that they represented chaos and order. Yeah. Like his dad was order and his mom was chaos. Yeah, yeah. And so he's the he's the balance of them of, of order and chaos. So while he has the the knife that's all order, so it because it's so orderly, it all it never misses when he throws it. And also always cuts clean. That's order. His other arm is chaos. It's his chaos arm. Which again is like almost cool, but it's also very like, this is my OC. He's half angel, half devil. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, At one point, Arnold tries to hit Charnel with a chair. Don't tell me these guys don't like pro wrestling. Uh Uh-huh. Um, then the issue ends with these dudes from Cantrip stealing Jared's sample from his uh, biopsy and also his medical files, which, again, never comes back. They also kill his doctor for no good reason. He knew, he knew too much, man. He knew too much. They had to. They had to get all evidence of Jared Stevens and Ar- Arnold Bernsteel. What a name! Uh, they had to get rid of all the evidence of them even existing for reasons that, as you mentioned, are not really explored. Yeah. Uh, Fate number nineteen, mystery dance starts with. Charnel making a bunch of markings on Jared Stevens's body. And we get some narration from Jared Stevens where he says, you know, for an alien warrior from a mystic universe uglier than New Jersey, Charnel anatomy sure looks human. <laughs> New Jersey. Yeah, worse than New Jersey. So at one point, Jared Stevens makes a joke about how like, this is a weird way to have a first date. And Charnel goes, ah, you refer to a, con- a courting ritual. I confess I hadn't considered the possibility of our procreating, but ha- perhaps we are compatible. Uh, and then she says, 
by our tradition, the female consumes the brain tissue of the male without unseemly celebration, and then impregnates his corpse with larvae imbued with the wisdom and DNA of both parents. So that's a joke how about, about how Charnel, how her species mates, right? Here's my question. Uh-huh. Why'd she got titties in? Because it's a comic book map. <laughs> Answered. I'll be honest with you. I, I did like that joke. I thought that it was is, a solid joke. It's pretty funny, yeah. Yeah, that one I thought was like... Like... Because they're basically like showering together. And then she's like, oh yeah, I mean, if you want, I can I can rip your brain out and then lay eggs in your chest. But I mean... No, I hadn't really thought about it. That's a pretty funny joke. It is a pretty I funny thought. joke. But it I feel like it does speak to Jared Stevens' earlier point about how like she her anatomy sure looks human to be like from the dimension she's from. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. It's weird that she looks like that if this is how she procreates. Uh, anyway, yeah, the rest of the issue is, uh, them finding out that Dr. Morrison has been killed, so they can't find out about the results of Jared Stevens' biopsy. He's also followed by these cantrip guys more and fights them for a while. And also he calls back that waitress from a few issues ago whose name was definitely K-R-Y-S Chris then, and now her name is K-R-I-S-T-E-N Kristen. Yeah, and then the weird thing is that in the next issue it becomes K-R-S-1. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild how her name keeps changing. That's the sound of a booty call, is what it's the sound of. Alright, I have been waiting to talk about this. Can we talk about Jared Stevens hooking up with this sexy waitress? Okay, that happens in the next issue. We will talk about it then. Okay. We got to talk about Kent and Isna who return. Inza. Inza, right, Inza, who return in different bodies as, like, different people. And also have the spirit of Nabu in a baby? Legitimately, I took screenshots of this because I thought it was actually pretty funny. Because they get to the scene where they reveal that that Kent and Inza are possessing these this married couple from the suburbs, and Nabu is... Uh, possessing their baby and the baby stands up in his crib and goes unforeseen events have transpired. We must act quickly if we have to restore the cosmic balance, which it's very funny joke. It's, 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 it's a Looney Tunes joke. It, Oh, it's, it's a fully goofy. Yes. Like it's, it is slapstick to a point that this book I think you and I can both agree tone is a problem in this book. Yeah. 
Agreed. And this kind Agreed. of like wacky off the wall slapstick humor does not help. Yeah. But yeah. I did think it was funny. In issue 20, which is the beginning of the end, The Hand of Fate, part one of three, Pharaoh has a meeting with Jared Stevens and shows him a book about how uh, he's like going to be involved in the end of the world and how he must choose law or anarchy, light or darkness, life or death. And Jared Stevens's response to that is, how about your face and my butt? Which on the one hand, cool. Mm. Okay. On the other hand, extremely 1996. An extremely 1996 idea of cool. I mean, it's kind of cool, except for that that's not the setup for that joke. Yeah, it should be your face or or my butt. Yeah, like the like the setup for that joke is got a match. Yeah, your face and my butt. Like that's uh it's it's like he said you must choose Jared Stevens, life or death, order or chaos. Yeah, to get to the other side. It's like that. It's like that, yeah. And that's the way it is. So now we can talk about Jared Stevens having a one-night stand with this waitress. Okay, first of all, I want to talk about how Jared Stevens is weirdly and upsettingly sexual. (laughs) (laughs) There's a panel where he's on the way down to... South America to get murdered, to get sacrificed, where he says, used to be the most life-threatening things I dreamed about involved Tracy Lords and six-inch spiked heels. Tracy Lords, famous adult film actress. Famous underage adult film actress. Yeah, famous specifically for, for being underage in, at the start of her career. Like, famously. So yeah. I'm not sure why you why that would be the one that you would go with. Like, I, I she did she did have a career after, like in in adult films and like in mainstream stuff as well. But like wouldn't you wouldn't you wouldn't you go with something else? What a choice. What a choice. Surely there are any number, (laughs) there are any number, Matt, of beautiful women in the year 1995 that could, that, that you could have referenced. Certainly. Certainly. I'm, I'm legitimately here trying to remember if like, Jenna Jameson was a thing. Uh, I think it might have been slightly before her time, but like you could have, I mean, I guess, I guess they wanted, like Lynn Kaminsky really wanted it to be a porn star. So it made 
him extra sexual. <laughs> <laughs> so that we would be like, I don't yeah, know. this guy likes to masturbate. Nice. This guy likes to go into that back room of the video store. Yeah. This guy likes to crank his hog watching a movie. <laughs> Which, you know, like, nothing, you know, that's that's fine. That's that's totally fine. It's just a weird thing to put in your superhero comic. To make it's sure that weird. we know. To make sure like, that we, now you, know that Jared Stevens likes to crank his hog. Why was there not an editor's note about that? There was an editor's note about bio- the word biopsy, but not about who Tracy Lords is. Do you think the I'm, editor's I'm, note should have been Jared Stevens is only referring to Tracy Lords' later work? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the 11-year-olds reading this book, I think, are not going to identify that name. I guess. If you if you know I'm gonna say this, if you know who Tracy Lords is, you should know what a biopsy is. I'm not Agreed. trying to keep eighties and nineties pornography. <laughs> so yeah, Jared Stevens, upsettingly sexual from very early on. Um so he gets shot with a bunch of tranquilizer darts, and there's a whole bunch of stuff in this about how he's got, like, a magical metabolism. And he's like, oh, no, those hallucinogenic mushrooms are kicking in. I guess my metabolism delayed them. My my yeah. magic super metabolism. And then it's like, later he gets hit with a bunch of tranquilizer darts. They've got to hit him with a lot of them because that's because of his magic metabolism. And, like, I don't think that's how – I'm no scientist. You know this about me. But I don't think that's how like having a super metabolism would work. It would everything would just happen faster, right? Like that's how I, I mean. I guess the right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I guess the idea is that he's got a really strong constitution. Maybe what? Maybe that's what they mean. Instead of metabolism, I guess. You say so, buddy. But uh, I, because the idea is like he, it takes a lot of substance to affect him, right? Yeah, but in the case of the mushrooms, it just takes it a little while longer. Yeah, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Anyway, <laughs> so he gets shot up with a with a bunch of tranquilizers, and then he wakes up the next morning in bed with. Chris with KRS. And the first thing that happens is that she goes, she goes, I don't know where you got this arm, but I think it's my new best friend. And then tries to like go down on his, on his venom arm. It certainly raises the question as to how the arm was put to use the night before. Yeah. And I mean, like, look, if this was Jeff Johns, we would know. Yeah, we I will would say absolutely that. know. Yeah. I will say that for Jeff Johns. We would absolutely know. And then those those pages would be cut out of any reprints of this book. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, it's just weird that there's a panel of her, like, get it. Like, there's an on-panel 
approved by the Comics Code Authority of America. A panel of her, like, getting ready to, 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 to slob on the Venom arm. Yeah. To, yeah. to give him a, uh, to give him a Tetsuo. Yeah, it's pretty weird, but I mean, we and will find like, out. Well, then he goes, he goes, don't do that. You don't know where it's been. And she's like, oh, I know where it's been. Which is like, in case you missed it or needed additional clarity. Yes. This was used sexually. We're going yes. to spend a page on it. Yes. We are going to spend a full page of real estate in this comic book, in the limited space, establishing that when these two fucked, as they did, Jared Stevens used his magic arm as a sex prop. Now, this all does become a little more clear and make a little more sense when it's revealed that Chris is actually Typhon, Typhon Lord of Chaos. Right. So here's my question. Mm-hmm. Did they fuck? Oh, 100%. Okay, so th- so this is not an elaborate ruse. This is this did in fact happen. I mean, I we don't know. We don't it could be an elaborate ruse. I mean, I uh, like I f- fate after he finds out that she is actually Typhon the the father of all monsters never goes oh we didn't have sex in fact he goes oh we absolutely fucked <laughs> yeah like that but there is the, that happens there is the out of he was on a bunch of tranquilizers when it happened yeah so 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 he doesn't know for sure yeah but no one in this book like typhon especially typhon is like hey uh uh, call call me later. Call me about that arm. True, because Jared Stevens' reaction isn't. I fucked Typhon, the father of all monsters. His reaction is that was a that's a boy, and then yes. he has like a little yes. weird existential crisis about his own sexuality. It, like, as a superhero story is unfolding around him, which is kind of funny, or would be funny, if it wasn't, like, the weird level of, like you said, like, it wasn't the weird no homoness of it. And also, like, it, it doesn't feel like it is on purpose that this is a comedically funny reaction. It feels like this is like, oh, he's just a normal guy, just like you. This is what you yeah. did. You found out that you used your Akira arm chaos symbiote to have sex with a guy. Who is the Lord of Chaos, by the way? Yeah. Maybe that's why she likes it so much, because it's his chaos arm, and she is the Lord of Chaos. Do you okay? I I have already referred to Jared Stevens as upsettingly sexual. Mm-hmm. It's just now occurring to me that Jared Stevens 
doesn't act like a man who has ever had sex. 100% yes. Yeah. 100% true. Yeah, he fully, like... Yeah. Because Charnel shows up. Like, his tattoos activate, and then Charnel shows up. And she's like, where's Fate? And Chris is like, is this your girlfriend? And Fate reacts to this by storming out in front of both of them. Yeah, and then they have uh, a little, like, boys, huh? Moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then Fate meets the Phantom Stranger in the hallway, and then he, like, goes on a tour of every magical DC character there is, like... He talks to Jason Blood for one minute. Jason Blood, who... Someone... Kevin Maroney. You will know this. Was there a time when Jason Blood worked at a video store? (laughs) Yeah, he's working at a video store. He runs into Jason Blood, and Jason Blood's like, you know, at fucking Blockbuster. Like, stocking the shelves. Yeah, he's shelving horror movies. Yeah. Did Jason Blood work at a video store in the late 90s? Jared Stevens should be like, hey, have you got my porn movies that I asked you to hold on to before? You got my pornos. <laughs> uh, then he like sees Zatanna, who is getting ready for a show, and apparently her getting ready for a show involves being totally nude, so she has to cover herself up with her clothes. Well, um, to be fair, her her costume does it like famously involve lingerie. That's true. So you know she's got to she, uh, she does have to take everything off before she starts putting it on again. Uh, then he sees Madame Xanadu and talks to her for a minute. While all that is going on, uh, we find out that Kent and Enza have made like a new helmet for um nabu which they then give to him and he puts it on and so baby nabu becomes like this new like avatar of dr fate this new version of dr fate then jared stevens goes back and talks to pharaoh pharaoh explains his whole deal kind of and they kind of realize that they're not enemies and that maybe Nabu is the enemy. And by the t- by the end of this issue, Jared Stevens is in the middle of a fight between Nabu and Typhon. Uh, N- Nabu, the Lord of Order, and Typhon, the Lord of Chaos. Yeah. Nabu, who wants to, like, control Jared Stevens and his powers, and Typhon, who wants to fuck. Uh, The next issue definitely starts with Jared Stevens having his existential crisis about, uh, wait, did I fuck a dude? But I don't swing that way. Which, come on, man. Literally, hard enough to get used to the idea that I played footsie with some disgusting inhuman thing without it being a um, boy disgusting inhuman thing. I mean, I don't really bend that way. And that's where Charnel is like, hey, the eyes up, pay attention. We, get, we have superhero stuff going on right now. We have mummies we have to fight. 
uh, and they fight mummies for a while. Nabu is also doing that. Uh, then Sentinel shows up again. And he starts killing mummies as well. And he realizes that Kent and Enza are still alive in some kind of way. And he's like, I gotta bring bring Kent and Enza Nelson back. Because they're who I've cared about this whole time. And then there's a lot of like cosmic mumbo-jumbo with, with not Nabu and Typhon. Honestly, all the action throughout the rest of this issue is just kind of like... I don't know. Kind of a lot of kind of weirdness nonsense. going on. Yeah. Kind of nonsense, yeah. Until finally the helmet, uh like Jared Stevens stabs the fake helmet of fate with his knife, which is made out of the real helmet of fate, destroying it and making Nabu this baby again. And then Kent and Enza show up again in their suburban bodies. And uh, Nabu yells at them for a minute. Uh, it looks like Pharaoh is going to kill Fate, but Charnel stops him. And uh, then they, by the end, they all decide that they got to go see the Spectre to try to revive Kent and Enza Nelson. Then the final issue of the series, Fate 22. There's a lot of stuff about. Nabu wanting to get his rifle rightful place back. Uh, a bunch of gods show up and decide that he needs to be punished. So they they tell him that he's going to be uh, like put away. <laughs> Sentinel goes and visits every member of the JSA, including fucking Johnny Thunder. <laughs> the the recurring thing of Johnny Thunder having Alzheimer's is such it's like the biggest bummer of the post zero hour DC universe. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of played as a joke here and that is not, not good. Yeah. Oh, it's not that Nabu gets put away nowhere. He gets made the Lord of chaos. That's his punishment. Um, anyway, they t- they go find the Spectre, they talk to the Spectre, and Kent and Enza Nelson get sent to heaven. Like, literal Christian heaven. Yeah, they go up to the pearly gates and talk to um, St. Michael, who, traditionally, not the one who is at the gates of heaven. That's that's St. Peter, who was given the keys to heaven and earth by the Lord Jesus Christ. Um <laughs> That's it's that's just a weird thing for it to be Michael. You know? It is. It is. Um and then by the end of the issue like we're establishing a new status quo where Jared Stevens is Dr. Fate. He is the only Dr. Fate. Kent and Enza have gone to heaven. Charnel is ha- still hanging around on earth wearing like swimsuits. Although this th- this is like a bra and a mini skirt, and mm-hmm. she's also wearing high heels. Yeah, they and took like, her shopping for Earth clothes because she's their wacky yeah. roommate now. 
there's this bit about how Arnold took Charnel shopping and she's mad at the clothes she has on. But she's she went shopping. Yeah, they presumably purchased these clothes and she like changed into them at the store or I guess at some point between. And oh she she's having so much trouble walking on those high heels, man. Yeah. Uh and then Jared Stevens drinks a beer and is told by the Phantom Stranger that he's gonna have more adventures to be continued in the Book of Fate. The end. Uh, my favorite part of this is that the Phantom Stranger goes, I don't want to be a Phantom Stranger. I want to be your Phantom Friend. <laughs> Which is not exactly what he says. It's close. Yeah. Uh, All right. Can I can I go through a couple of other things that I took screenshots of? Please. Uh, one. Next issue, Battlefield Earth. That's really that's what you're gonna go with. Uh, uh, timely, timely. Look at it this way, Nabs. You're so hot to live in the past. You can always go Republican. That's good. That's a good bit. That's good. Good job. That's very uh, incisive political uh, commentary. Look, he's not wrong. We gotta, we gotta give him. We gotta give him when he's not wrong. Um, That's Matt, true. Do you think Jared Stevens is a cool guy? No. Okay, well, what if I told you that when he had to go do some superhero stuff, uh, he said, not to anyone, but in a narrative caption, he said, I refuse to do any fighting until I've had my damn coffee. <laughs> Would you think he was cool then? No. Damn. All right. Um I meant to bring this up when I was talking about the upsetting sexuality of this book, but there's a bit where he's, I think it's when he's in the other dimension, he can kind of like see different things happening on earth and he spies on his ex-wife and she's watching the red shoe diaries. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is, which for those of you who were too young to watch that scramble on Showtime, that that's porno. It's I mean it's soft. Well, it's softcore, but it's it's it softcore. Yeah. Like you know, it aired on HBO at night. It's it's not what Tracy Lords would have been in. No, it's 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 softcore. It's it's like if Night Gallery or Twilight Zone were porn instead of horror. Because it's got like a framing sequence with David Duchovny. Yes, yes. Who ladies send him their sexy stories, and like he reads them on the beach or whatever. It's the Red Shoe Diaries. So he spies on his ex-wife for using his mystic powers for one unaddressed panel of her hanging out on the sofa watching porno. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's weird. <laughs> This has to be the only mention of the Red Shoe Diaries in the DC Universe. I should email Mark Wade and ask. Yeah, he he would know, I'm sure. Yeah. I uh, I also took a screen cap of uh, Arnold Bernsteel referring to uh, the material 
of the of Jared Stevens' weapons and armor as Nibuium. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if you think that's one of the ten medals. It could be. It definitely could be. I think it could be. I just I just went to the DC database and searched for Red Shoe Diaries. <laughs> no results. No results. Well, the, hey, anybody can edit a wiki. Matt, get in there. <laughs> Only mentioned in Fate number 17 or whatever it was. Matt, do you think Jared Stevens is a cool guy? No. Okay, what if I told you... Oh, wait, this actually isn't about Jared Stevens. This is about um, one of the villains who is utterly inconsequential. I think it's Ashram. Uh-huh. Who Blaze says, you always were the most entertaining earthbound traveler of the left-hand path. And I, I know how you like the left-hand path. Love that left-hand path. I know how you like to honor the House of Black. <laughs> I wish I could... I, I've been looking for that editor's note of defining biopsy and i cannot find it but i know it's in here yeah i also i i also was looking and also could not find it but i I remember it being in here yeah because i saw it today too and i was like that's a weird editor's note yeah i feel like it might have been in a panel where Arnold was talking to uh, Charnel. No, here it is. Here it is. I uh, okay. It's in number eleven because he says, "I still think you should have a biopsy done on that arm." And then he makes a reference to Paul Songus. Yes, that okay. That was that was what it was. They felt like they needed an editor's note for biopsy, but not for who Paul Songus was. Not for United States Senator Paul Songus. Everybody knows United States Senator Paul Songus. Yeah. I mean, he, you know, I don't think had been in office since 1985 at the time. Massachusetts, I, I, guess, I guess in Boston they would know about Paul Yeah, Songus. only... Only Bostonians, only people from Massachusetts, uh, heads know. <laughs> read this comic book. <laughs> All right, we have not ranked any of Fate because I think we decided we were going to have a discussion as to whether we were going to rank all of this series together or break it up into parts. I mean, I don't Though we, I think. <laughs> Can well, we I mean, read it, it, so I think we have to. Okay. We read it, so we have to. <sighs> All right. Though I think we both agree that the second half is a little stronger than the first, I kind of feel like it's all the same quality. It, it's a little bit stronger, but it is also, like, questionable, I would say. Like, anything that's better in this is kind of balanced out. By, by, I feel like two instances of people talking about like real world porno is weird in DC comics. That would be weird if it happened in a comic twice in six months today. Like if, if fucking, I don't know, 
what's a, what's a DC comic, Matt? If Green Lantern. If Hal Jordan made a reference to OnlyFans, that would be <laughs> weird. Okay, right? but if it wasn't if it wasn't just OnlyFans, but a specific OnlyFans, yeah, if he made one reference to OnlyFans and then one reference to an old, a specific OnlyFans model, yes, yeah, yeah, that, that would be weird. Very weird, yeah. We would we would take note of that, and we would be like, like the first time we'd be like, "Well, that's weird." The second time we'd be like, "Man, there's there's, there's more there's more jokes about porno in this comic than I was thinking." Okay, but but honestly, it would be like Hal Jordan making a reference to a specific OnlyFans model, right? And then it would be like he sees Carol Ferris. Reading slash fic, yeah, or like, yeah. or like, he sees Carol Ferris reading one of those books that's like a Chuck Tingle book. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you, you read that? <laughs> uh, it's weird, right? It's weird. It's like, weird. That's what's gonna stick with me. I'm gonna forget everything about this comic. Except that it reminded me about the Red Shoe Diaries. I I feel like okay. I I think the second half maybe hangs together better a little better as a story, even though I think there's a lot of nonsense in there. But the thing I like more about the first half is like I didn't dislike Jared Stevens in those first ten issues, first eleven issues. Mm-hmm. I can't stand him in these. Yeah, he's like all the ex-wife true. jokes. Yeah, all the like the no homo stuff. The like the way he responds to people. The way he's just a fucking jerk. Like, I don't like him. Yeah, he's such a like cool Dennis. Le- like you said, Dennis Leary sort of nineties guy. I just can't. I can't. I can't with him. Yeah, he sucks real bad. He sucks real bad. I don't like him. So, okay. I think we just put it all together. Yeah, I think I think we just rank Fate. Because I feel maybe, maybe Book of Fate would be different. Because, like, again, I feel like, I feel like I'm personally doing a lot of bashing of Lynn Kaminsky. And it's, like, not without reason but also i feel like it's it's a little bit mean but i do feel like we can agree <laughs> that keith giffen was a better comics creator than lynn kaminsky generally speaking given how i think we it. can agree on that but yeah all right number 1200 on the every story ever list is batman captain america by john byrne that's better than this yeah i agree i Number th- I'm curious to know, like legitimately I'm curious to know, because we did uh, read this on the uh, request and recommendation of the boss dog. And I'm curious to know like what Patrick O'Duffy liked about this. Just because like maybe I'm missing the hook or maybe I'm taking it too seriously or maybe I focused on <laughs> – maybe I focused on uh, – 
Jared Stevens' uh, bookmarking Pornhub. I mean, I- I'm going to say we're reading this in our early 40s in 2023 instead of as teenagers in 1996. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure that's also when Patrick O'Duffy was reading it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay, 1300 is another book that we caught up on secret six numbers one through 14, the new 52 secret six. I think that was better than this. That was also better than this. Yes. Keep scrolling. 1350. I would rather read blood is the harvest than this. Oh, blood is the harvest is way above. Way above. Oh, yeah, Blood of the Harvest is up at nine. I just wanted to make sure because it's yeah. October. You know, I'm thinking about thinking about rereading Blood is the Harvest. Actually, okay. Batman the Odyssey is at thirteen fifty one. Better, more entertaining. Okay, but not. But, but is this better or worse? Better than that. I think it's better than than DC Marvel All Access. Is it better than Civil War Frontline? Mm, that's tough. <laughs> Matt, let me ask you a question. When was the last time you were on MySpace? I went to a NASCAR no, race. Okay. I'm going to say better than Civil War Frontline. Okay, better than the weirdly similar Garfield strip where Garfield wants to fuck, but the, it's a boy cat. Um, I think I'd rather read the single Garfield strip. Okay, so that 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 has determined where fate goes. It's fate is thirteen forty three. Uh, fate. Did this book? Let's see. Fate. Uh, this book started in ninety six, I think. No, no, it started in 1994. Yeah, zero. So I'm just going to, I'm going to say Fate 1994 is at the new number 1343. All right. If you would like to suggest something for us to catch up on, on Comics Catch Up, you can email us at our email address, which is warrocketpodcast at gmail.com. That's also where you can send every story ever lists or... Uh, drop us a line about anything else. Send us listener questions, whatever you want to do. You can also send us listener questions on our Tumblr, warrocketpodcast.tumblr.com. And you can uh, hit us up on Blue Sky at warrocketajax.bsky.social. Um, and you can ask on any of those places for an invitation to our Discord. Uh, you have to be invited to be a member of our Discord, but if you ask us for an invitation, we will get you one. Uh, and you can join that community of War Rocket Ajax fans. These comics catch-ups are made possible by your support on Patreon. Patreon.com slash War Rocket Ajax is where you can go kick in as little as a dollar a month to support this show, support these specials, support everything we do at Clytus Media. WarRocketAjax.com is our website with every episode of the show we've ever done. WarRocketWiki.com has all the info you could ever need about War Rocket Ajax. If you want to find me and my stuff, go to mattdwilson.net. It has links to my comics, my books, my other podcasts, and my social medias. 
Chris, where can everybody find you? Everybody can find me by going to the-isb.com. That is my website. It has links to all the things that I do that you can go and find out about right now. See you next time, everybody. I think we have agreed to catch up on the uh, Wade Somney Black Widow. So yeah, that'll I think be fun. that's what we'll be doing. We talked yeah. way more about Fate than I thought. I just looked at the timestamp, Matt. It, we did go on, yes. Too much Fate. Can't fight it. <laughs> See you next time, everybody. Until next time, everybody. Good catching up. Ooh.